Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. God had always taught them that the primary issue for him wasn't the physical obedience or adherence to the rules. It's always been spiritual. God has always been looking deeper. The primary issue for him is spiritual because he is spirit and he wants to know whether or not your heart belongs to him. That's a lot more important. In life, it takes work to live the way that God intended for us to live. Furthermore, it's even more difficult to have a heart like God's. In today's message, Pastor Robert will be sharing about the importance of our hearts. While God does care about how we present ourselves, He cares more about our hearts for Him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Romans chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Jacob went through a, a lengthy transformation. And one day he surrendered. I mean, I, I remember the night that it happened for me. Most of you have heard me tell the story where I just, God confronted me, and I realized I can't do this the way it was intended to be done. Life, I'm not capable. And God said, that's right. So why don't you just let me help you and let me show you what I intended? And I said, okay, that sounds like a great deal. Show me what you intended and help me do it. And that's exactly what happened with Jacob. And he became Israel, governed by God. But now, Paul once again anticipates our objections to this idea of God choosing somebody beforehand. And in Romans 9, 14, he begins to confront those objections. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? In other words, is is God being unfair to Esau with this? Is God somehow being unfair to some people? by rejecting them before they're even born? And he says, certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens. Do you remember the story that he's referring to there where the Bible tells us that 
when Moses and Aaron went before Pharaoh and said, God says, you need to let my people go, Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the Bible tells us that he hardened his heart. Over and over and over, he hardened his heart until things got so difficult for him that he was ready to relent, not to repent, not to begin trusting God and, you know, submitting himself to God. No, no, no. He's just like, okay, make it stop. And God said, no, no, we're not done yet. And then God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And the idea there is that he fixed Pharaoh's heart in that place of hardness because he intended to prove a point. God had a reason for raising up Pharaoh to begin with. And the reason was that he intended in his love for humanity, he was going to demonstrate to everybody that the gods of Egypt were not to be trusted and that he was the one that people needed to look to for help and for instruction and so forth. For this very purpose I raised you up, God said. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens. You will say to me then, Romans nine nineteen. why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. See, Paul was reminding the Jewish people, God had never promised that every Jew who had ever been born was going to be saved and be part of God's family. That's, that was never the promise. He said, no, 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 it's he has always pointed out to us through Hosea, pointed out to us through, the, you know, through Hosea that, that there would be some Gentiles, there would be some who were not Jews who were included in, in the whole thing, but also through Isaiah over and over again, only a handful of us are going to make it. Only a remnant. He said, even if Israel is like the sand of the sea, only a remnant will be saved. And then he says, this thing about the short work, he's talking about the tribulation time. He's talking about that seven-year period, the time of Jacob's 
trouble. And Jesus said, you know, if, if, God, if God didn't kind of keep his hand on the switch, nobody would survive. Only a third of earth's population are going to survive that seven years of war and pestilence and horror. Let me say that again. According to the Bible, only one third of the population of the planet will still be alive at the end of that time of tribulation, seven years. But he goes on. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, in other words, the peoples of the earth who didn't have a clue and were never seeking after God, never seeking after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So, so we're given this rapid-fire recitation of examples where God has worked sovereignly to use even evil men to accomplish loving purposes. He used Pharaoh's obstinacy to prove his authority over the gods of Egypt. And he had promised through the prophets since the beginning that not all Jewish people would be saved, that there would be some from among the Gentiles along with a remnant of Israel who would make up his family, that people who had not been known as God's people would be grafted in and would become children of God. John tells us how that happens. To those who believe, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, God had always taught them that the primary issue for him wasn't the physical obedience or adherence to the rules. It's always been spiritual. God has always been looking deeper. The primary issue for him is spiritual because he is spirit, and he wants to know whether or not your heart belongs to him. That's a lot more important to him than whether or not you you keep the rules. Oh, if you're smart, you keep the rules because things just work better. Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. There's so much to learn and appreciate from the Book of Romans. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, even though he'd never met those people. This is how it can be with ministry over the radio too. People are touched by God's word, even if you haven't met in person. For those who do live nearby Miami, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. We gather at 9 and 11 a.m. and at 1 p.m. for worship and Bible study. We offer Spanish translation for the 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. services. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online for each service. We'll be live streaming on our church website. You'll find out more and be able to connect at MainThingRadio.com. Just click on About to find a link to our church homepage. If these messages have been an encouragement to your heart, would you let us know? Give us a call at 305 531 When you call, also let us know how we can be lifting you up in prayer. That number again is 305-531-2730. 
Thanks so much for listening to God's Word today. We trust it has blessed your soul and renewed you in a special way. That's it for today, but please come back next time right here on Main Thing Radio.